Chapter 19. Big. Bigger. Enormous. I was expanding, stretching in every direction at once. Huge. Only, I wasn't a whale. I've mentioned that morphs get weird, that things don't happen in some nice, neat, gradual way. Well, this morph was ridiculous. I was growing, growing, growing. My skin had turned leathery graphite gray. There was a blowhole in the back of my neck. My head was monstrous and out of proportion. But the rest of me was still Rachel. I had a head the size of Iowa, and about an acre of floating blonde hair. Oh man! Marco groaned. Oh, I don't need to see this. Rachel, you have pores as big as potholes. This is definitely bizarre, Cassie said. And not in a good way. I glanced at Tobias. He seemed to be morphing normally. If any morph is ever normal, if a creature with feathers melting into flesh is normal. This is ridiculous, Jake complained. I am tangled in your hair. She's sinking, Axe said. Her buoyancy has not adjusted. She has dense human tissues. I do not, I said, vaguely offended. But he was right. I was sinking, and if I didn't finish morphing, I was going to drown, probably sink to the bottom and float past the Pemolite ship. A big drowned female Gulliver. That got me back on track. My legs blended, my feet flattened, my head bulged into a huge rectangle. My eyes slid apart, apart till they were in separate zip codes. My neck thickened, and a triangular dorsal hump grew out of my back along my spine. My skin shriveled. My arms slithered back into my body. Flippers sprouted. I bobbed to the surface. My blowhole inhaled. My lungs filled. I felt the water ripple as the dolphin surged and danced. I sensed their joy and felt the deep, thousand-generation-old kinship with my lethe, sleek brethren. My instincts were sure, calm. Confident, I had no fear, no questions. I asked for nothing. I explained nothing. I drew a deep breath, expanding my lungs to their full capacity, and dove, arching my dorsal hump and flipping my triangular fluke into the air. The ocean was no longer a cold, hostile place. It was home. I knew its temperatures and depths, its floors and crevices. I fired off a blast of pulsed clicks and received a picture of everything around me, like a black and white sketch that traced across my mind and was erased like an etch-a-sketch. I was echolocating. I had natural sonar. I saw the dolphins, and they saw me. And then another large creature was moving toward me. Rachel, I hope that's you. Tobias called. Oh, right. The whale brain wasn't hard control. The thing was, I hadn't even tried. I'd liked the calm confidence, the absence of fear. It's definitely me, I said, rolling and powering up my gigantic, muscled body, up, 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 toward dim light like a runaway train. Another train rushed beside me. We raced to the barrier between sky and sea. Yaha! 
Tobai shouted as we exploded the barrier and erupted into the sky. Our massive heads surged into the crisp air, water shimmering down around us. Okay, that was cool, Jake said. I want to be a sperm whale, Marco whined. I don't think so, Jake said. Tick-tock, we need to stay on track here. I just needed to suck some air, I said. I exhaled, spouting spray and drawing in enough air to last to maximum dive capacity. Passages in my massive head filled with water and, all automatically, the waxy deposits of spermaceti cooled the water and sent me plunging. 10,000 feet, maybe even 12,000 feet, into giant squid territory. I hoped. Where the atmospheric pressure could squeeze every last molecule of air from a human body. Ready, Rachel? Tobias asked. Ready, I said, sighing and shivering deep in my soul. The whale might not be scared. I was. Chapter 20 We arched our backs and sounded, slipping silently down into the living sea. We descended quickly, echolocating past shelves and hollows, our sonar drawing us sketchy, uncertain pictures, murky shadows, and then total darkness. Total, like being blind, like having your eyes taped shut and being locked in an underground vault. Lightless, the whale's senses quickened. The whale did not hear, but it did anticipate. We'd soon be entering the hunting grounds, where my prey sometimes fought me and won. Hey, Rachel, did you know that not only do sperm whales eat squid, but some people think squid eat sperm whales? Tobias said helpfully. No one really knows what giant squid eat, I said, except for the fact that they are cannibals. Oh, good. Well, we both did our research. Yeah, I feel so much better now. From my memory, I called up the brief bit I'd read about squid. They had sharp, parrot-like beaks and eight arms covered with grasping, needle-toothed suckers, and two long, powerful tentacles that worked to grab prey at a distance and draw it toward the arms and mouth. It occurred to me that I didn't know how whales killed squid, but I could more than imagine how squid killed whales. Still, we powered down into the darkness, falling, falling forever through darkness. The whale did not fear what was going to happen. It hunted to eat every day. Someone would win the battle. Someone would lose. The whale had accepted this fact since birth. I had not. Losing was not something I wanted to think about. This was not a situation where I could simply demorph if the whale was hurt. To demorph was to die. So, Rachel, what's new? Tobias called, sounding if possible, even jumpier than I felt. I blurted out the only thing I could think of. Well, a guy named Titi asked me to go to the movies with him. What? What made me say that? If I could have kicked myself, I would have. Titi, huh? What does that stand for? Trouble teen? Total turmoil? Terrible trauma? Tobias said sarcastically. I don't know, and I don't particularly care. I shot back, irked by his attitude. Well, you should care if you're going out with him, Tobias said. Well, if I was, then I would, 
I snapped. Oh. Silence. Why aren't you going out with him? Why do you want to know? I countered. I could play that game too. I don't. I'm just making conversation, he said. We can't exactly turn on the TV and veg out. Well, if you don't want to know, then I'm not going to tell you, I said, firing off a burst of pulsed clicks and studying the picture I got back. Rachel, he began. But I didn't want to talk about TT anymore, and I especially didn't want to tell Tobias why I hadn't accepted the date. This was so not the time. How are we supposed to catch this squid, if we even find one? I said instead. I mean, squid are fast, and the whale can't exactly turn on a dime here. What do we do? Just hang around with our mouths open and hope a squid swims in? I'm not sure, Tobias admitted. The thing I read said maybe whales can use echolocation to stun prey. I think that's what it said. Wasn't it? I guess we'll find out. See that shape? The bunch of dots all moving together? See? I don't see anything. Oh, you mean on echolocation? Yeah, like a school of fish. Could be squid. Little ones, not giants. The whale brain wants them. Maybe they're squid. This is no way to hunt, Tobias complained. You need to see your prey. I mean, that's basic. For a hawk, anyway, I said. For any sensible predator. This is nuts. Chasing an echolocation picture. I'm going to see if it's true, though we can stun them. I fired a round of clicks, maximum volume, directing the sound toward the sketchy tornado of squid. Suddenly, a part of the swarm stopped moving. Cool. It doesn't last long, Tobias commented. I had noticed that too. And these squid are, what, maybe a foot long? We're talking about something that can stretch out and grab both baskets on a basketball court. Let's see how stunned the big boy is, if we ever find him. Hey, Rachel, Tobias said. How long you figure we've been down here? Twenty minutes? Four hours? Who can tell? I said gloomily. I'm starting to feel the pressure. My whale's brain is getting edgy. The whale part of me wanted to surface. The human part of me had wanted to do that for a long time. Let's split up, I said. Maybe spread out. Or maybe surface and come back down again. I don't want to have to do this again, I said. This gives me the major creeps. You got that right. Alvira off. We need a big squid and a bigger spaceship. We searched, echolocating for what felt like forever. Back and forth, and always, always down. Once I picked up something that might have been a giant squid, but I lost him. It was madness. We were blundering around blindly. The sun's rays had never reached this depth. Never. If the water had been rock and dirt, it could not have been any darker. We were buried alive. Buried alive in water. Got a surface, Tobias said at last, his thought-speak voice faint, his tone shaken. Yeah, I agreed. 
we turned and headed up. And now the panic grew. You can walk through a graveyard at night and be afraid, but the terror doesn't begin to get you till you start to run away. When you acknowledge fear, it grows. And although I tried to tell myself it wasn't terror sending me to the surface, that it was just a need for air, I knew better. We raced. We barreled madly toward the surface. It took forever. Up and up and up. Air! Where was the air? We'd been down too long. We'd never reach the sky again. We were going to die in darkness. To sink and sink back to the cold, lightless, lifeless ocean floor. Buried alive in water. Chapter 21 I kicked hard, every muscle in my massive body straining. Desperate now. Desperate. Then... I exploded into the air, exploded out of the water, blew the stale air from my lungs, and crashed into the sea. Tobias erupted a quarter mile away. I sucked air. I exhaled and inhaled and sucked air like I was never going to breathe again. The others in Dolphin Morph were nowhere around. I was actually surprised, though I should have known better. You can't travel miles down through water and come popping back up in a straight line. Tobias wallowed in the waves beside me. We could morph something with wings, he suggested. Find the others. And then what? I demanded, angry at myself now. Tell them we gave up? You want to go back down there? He asked like I was crazy. I don't know, I admitted. Oh, man. So we find the others. Tell them we failed. Then what? I knew then what. So did Tobias. Jake would take us all back to the beach. This time, he'd acquire and morph the whale, along with Cassie or Marco. So one of them would be back here, with even less time, with even less chance of success. This is so not fun, Tobias said. Yeah, I know. Sorry I got you into this. Oh, shut up, he said tolerantly. Let's go. Down again. Down and down and down. Into the water like ink. Ten minutes down, we split up again. Don't go too far, Tobias called after me. I probably should have listened to him. I swam hard. I fired off round after round of pulsed clicks. Picture after picture came back to me, revealing nothing big enough to be the ship or the squid. And then, suddenly, a flash of light. A shimmering, rippling light. I almost laughed. Fish! Phosphorescent fish. Their pale, chemical reaction glow, like a neon sign in the blackness. The fish were moving away from me, but at an angle. Like they were moving away from something else. From something behind me, to my left, and... I fired clicks. The picture came back with startling clarity. The details were unmistakable. Coming toward me through the water, like a dark, deadly torpedo, was a hungry, angry, sixty-foot, giant squid. So much for the question of whether squids are aggressive, I thought. 
Someday, the six of us could write a serious update of zoology textbooks. If we lived that long. Tobias! I shouted. I fired off a frenzy of machine gun clicks at the squid. It staggered, stumbled in its charge. Tobias! I yelled again as the whale's instincts took over. It wanted to kill the squid. It wanted to hunt. Where was Tobias? Hunt, yes. Kill, no. We needed the squid alive. The whale didn't care. This was core instinct. This was hunger and the urge to hunt. I fought the whale's brain. It had been so docile, I'd almost not noticed it. But that was only because I'd done what the whale wanted me to do. Now I could feel the power of that huge, intelligent brain as it fought to carry out the instructions encoded deep in its DNA. And while I was doing that, the squid recovered and came at me with murder in its blood. From far away, a faint voice. Tobias! I think I found the Pemelite ship! Tobias called faintly. Great! I found the squid! Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And so, uh, more showkeeping notes right up the front. Uh, I've got my timeline figured out. I will be taking next week off to uh, move. I've been packing all week. My apartment looks like a mess. And um, I will be officially moving over the weekend. Um, And that's sort of the time I used to record. And so, like, doing all of that... And the, like, physical and emotional energy of that, plus uh, trying to record and then edit on a, on my regular schedule, it, it, I think will be too much for me. So, calling it now, um, I'll just take two weeks to produce the next uh, episode, and that will give me time to make sure that it is, uh, that I can get set up properly right in my new place, um, and that I can provide you with the quality recordings you have come to expect. Um, but until then, we've got lots of messages. This first one comes in through my website's contact form. That's uh, That website is theapocalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with the D in the middle. And that's from Eli, who has written in before. And this time they wrote in and said, uh, I watched the TV show, LOL. You are the real version. Thank you so much, Eli. Uh, I appreciate that you think that I am the real version of this. Um, that's very flattering. Um, I think the real version is is probably the, the Scholastic-funded audiobooks, but... Um, I like the thing I do an okay job. Um, yeah, that TV show is whack, huh? I really wish that we could get a new one with, like, a real budget. Um, because I think it'd be cool. I personally, I know there's been a lot of debate among the fans. I personally think, um, an animated show would really be the move. Um, I think just from, like, a logistics perspective, I think, uh, the only way you're gonna get anything that both looks good and, like, carries the kind of production and and acting and care and all of that um, out of this property is is through um, animation. Um, Just the the CGI for the morphing and the animals would, I think, and acts, I think, would all um, become very expensive very quickly. Um, So that's my thoughts on it. Um, That was a tangent. Thank you so much for writing in, Eli. Uh... I also got a message through the Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Uh, this is from Blue Malvery, who writes in saying, Hello, Daniel. I would like to tell you how much I appreciate this project that you're doing. 
I'm listening to it while I work, and it's been really fun. I've always been too busy to read the whole series. Stopped around book 24, I think. So this podcast really helps me, and I know a lot of people too. Started listening from book 1, and now I'm on book 8, and will continue fighting the Yurks with you until the end. Thank you so much for writing in, Blue Mavery. Uh, Blue Mavery. Uh, woo. Blue Malvery. Excuse me. Thank you so much for writing in, Blue Malvery. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, that was a nice message. I don't have too much more to say on that. Uh, I plan on finishing it, so I hope you'll stick around for all of it. And last, but certainly not least, we have, um, a returning, um, Tumblr, uh, message that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com from Edney, who, uh, just says, just finished episode 283. I love it. I do not remember what 283 is, but I'm glad you liked it. Um, and I hope you'll continue listening to, uh, 284 and onward. Uh, that's uh, all I got. If you'd, if you'd like to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be cool. Um, but I gotta wrap this up so I can finish packing. Uh, thank you all for listening, and I'll see you not next week, but the week after. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>